which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Gabby, a.k.a. The Gift of Gab. And it's your girl, Dominique McCoy, a.k.a. Doms McCoy. And it is Young Wiz, that woke N-I-G-G-A. We are here with another one of Cognac Community. Well, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, Cognac and Communion. Oh, my gosh. This week, you guys, has been um, interesting. It was Holy Week. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And for those. Yeah, it was. It was. Praise him. Amen. And for those who, um, you know, did the dab in that Mary Jane, it was also 420. (laughs) So, uh, you know, happy 420 to all those posters out there. I know Snoop Dogg, he had a lot of things to post on his Instagram. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it was funny. Yeah. And we... And speaking of 420, uh, Ben and Jerry's, they did like a 420 ad or 420 like promo ad on their Instagram. And it was basically like bringing awareness to uh, how many people are, the type of people that are incarcerated for um, possession of marijuana and the type of people who we celebrate now for the possession of marijuana. And it was like, um, have you realized that so many people... um, have you realized that some of the people that we celebrate now for the possession of marijuana are white? And have you realized that the people who uh, are incarcerated for the possession of marijuana are black? And then basically they wanted to bring awareness of people who have been wrongfully incarcerated um, over the idea of marijuana and how we are now making this idea trendy. So kudos to Ben and Jerry for uh, staying woke and bringing awareness yeah, to that. that. That was yeah. dope. And another thing I talked to this pastor and also a CI, they uh, they went and, like, paid, like, millions of dollars to have, or maybe, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars to have uh, victim, I mean, um, convicts with nonviolent crime bailed out of jail. They paid, like, a bunch of people bail. And I'm just, I mean, I'm pretty sure, especially for CI, that... Um, a few of those were, you know, marijuana-related charges. And so I think that that, um, I think that that's dope, too. People are, like, making moves and on 420. Yeah. I like the idea. I like the idea. Yeah. Yeah, I like the idea that people are now um, just bringing awareness to the whole idea of legalizing um, marijuana. Ben and Jerry's, their uh, promo tagline was, like, legalization without justice is half fate. I don't get it. Do y'all get it? <laughs> I get it. Uh, okay. Okay. Wait, you didn't get it? Well, no, I don't get it. I mean, I don't get it. Okay, so, half-baked. so half-baked, the way that I took it, obviously, is one of the biggest, best, in my you know, opinion, weed movies ever. And so it's a play on kind of words and, you know, weed people's history of different things like that. So pretty much saying what you're saying that if you don't let the people out and there's no justice behind the rules, 
then you can't really um then it's half baked. It's it's just a half baked idea. You know when people say half baked? You heard the term before, right? Like, oh, this the idea is half baked, it's not all the way thought through. No, no, I've never heard that term before. I, I guess what half baked means as far as like say like and this is me and y'all don't judge me. You know, I don't care. So I'm thinking of like baking cookies and like if it's half baked, it's not fully baked, you know? So so obviously it's not it's not done properly, but I could be just going off the limb and saying that. Um, the funny thing you say that, because I don't understand even with like available. the weed reference. Right. I, I see what she's saying and I'm like, that might be even, yeah, that that definitely, you know, is, is a way for you to look at it. That If that helps you understand it, then that makes sense. I get that. Just, just because I don't know what it means in uh, in the uh, in, as far as like weed jargon um, disclaimer. I, I don't people, know I, either. Even yeah, <laughs> even for the movie, like half baked. It's like I, I never thought of why the movie is, is called that, but you know, you could always come up with different stuff. But it's like you know, when you smoke and when people are like high and stuff like that, they consider it like. Like baked, right? Or not baked? Um, Gabby, help me out with this. Not, <laughs> is that how they kind of? Is that the reference? Yeah. There's a certain word, huh? No, there's an old school way that people used to like older older people that would would say that to people. Pretty much, like I said, that I, I can understand where you're going with that. You, you, you. I don't know. I actually, I Googled it. I Googled Half-Baked the movie because I was like, okay, so there was a movie called Half-Baked. See, that's how far, how, how, um, how disassociated I am with a lot of things, um, when it comes I down to that. I saw that when I was a kid. Yeah, I didn't see it. And I'm looking at it and it's sure. starring, it was starring Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Yeah, Dave Chappelle. And so I'm looking at a critic's review and they're like, um, it says, somebody said, oh, it's a reckless tribute to marijuana. Let's see what the full review says. Uh, so I was like, oh. And then on, um, it says, half-baked, a cooked, cooked-up box office movie by using ingredients proven to tempt and teen uh, taste ex. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So I get it. Okay. Ah, okay. I guess so. Half-baked. <laughs> like, hi, I guess. You guys don't, don't. Don't judge me. If you Please guys give everybody me. else and all our listeners the aha moment, if you, if you uh, don't mind. Okay, so, I, so I'm looking at the movie review, um, and I'm looking at it on PluggedIn.com. And so I'm reading the first uh, sentence, or the first couple of sentences. It says, Half-Baked has cooked up box office. It's like the promo. Half-Baked has cooked up box office business by using ingredients proven to tempt teens' tastes, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's a recipe for parental indigestion. So I was like, oh, so the movie is about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And so I was like, oh, okay, they're talking about weed. Okay. So that was how I got the aha moment. The movie Um, is definitely not about sex or rock and roll. This is this is the first line in this promo. So if you have seen it and you know that this is what the movie is not about, then um, definitely write a review on uh, PluggedIn.com because they are misleading. Um, they're misleading the show or the movie. But yeah, sure. <laughs> and just because I feel like now, if people listen to it, they would have to go find it themselves. I'll explain just a little bit of what the actual movie is about. Have baked for friends that smoke 
that kind of came together and grew a bond over the years and everything over weed, marijuana. And when they get older, one of their friends makes a very high move and does some high stuff, which lands him in jail. And now these weed heads have to become drug dealers to now bail him out. Yo, yeah, this has not, like, from what you just said, what I'm reading like, is not saying anything about that at I'm, I all. I couldn't believe it where you were at, because I'm like, no, definitely not. Because half based, you know, yeah, and what is one of the best movies, like I said, because for me, and I didn't even notice it back then, it was the first movie that introduced medical marijuana. Oh, okay. Okay. And people didn't even notice it because they introduced it so cool and still had um, drug dealers, like still had, you know, weed men and stuff like that outside of it that obviously weren't getting it from, you know, where the other guy was getting it from. And so, Gab, do you, have you watched this movie before? You've been quiet over there. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it so like, ago. That's I'm like, I want to make sure that I'm not wrong in any parts yeah, of this, though, because... But I'm trying to remember, like, I, I saw it so long ago, and it was, like, one time that I don't really remember. Yeah, this um, review, this review <laughs> does not say anything like that. That's why I'm like, um, what, what are these people talking about? And, and that's why, and it's so crazy because, because of 420 and everything going on and whatnot, and because it was such a great promotion time for that type of movie, VH1 if I'm not mistaken, introduced How High 2. Yeah, I was Which, just I was just going to sh- uh, talk about what is the comparison between How High and Half Baked. If there is one so or if there's not one. They inter- like I said, they introduced How High 2 this weekend, but the comparison between How High and Half Baked is it's more of a, a generational thing. How High is like a new age, um, Method Man, Red Man, you know, we could rock with that. They was they it's just I don't know how to explain and it. They were, they were college, just right? they were in college and they were just dope. Just imagine yeah. two regular they dudes. They were dope. Look at you. I see what you know, did two there. regular dudes from the hood. <laughs> <laughs> two regular dudes from the hood uh going to college because mm-hmm. of this very special marijuana plant that Method Man cooked mm-hmm. up that so in the high house, in the how in the how high too. I think you, little Yachty is gonna be in there. DJ Young, so it's little Yachty and DC mm-hmm. Young Fly. I did oh, watch yeah. some of it, and I can't even lie. I, I walked into it with the worst intentions because I wanted to hate the movie. You didn't have the original characters. I really wanted to hate the movie. Mm-hmm. I saw a little bit of it, and DC Young Fly is the next uh, hands down as far as comedy and everything like that. And if um, Ice Cube has not already snatched him up for the next Friday. He's missing oh, out, sh- and we're missing out because yeah. it's wait. Yeah, Ice Cube's having another Friday. So last Friday of the month, or I, I don't want to quote it like that, but that's you know what the title's going around is saying is going into production. Uh, I believe Ice Cube and DJ Pool are back as a team finishing up the script, and besides Chris Tucker. I feel like he has everybody else on, on. And he might even get Kevin Hart. With, what part he's going to play, I don't know. But that movie's going to be definitely what it's supposed to be. And speaking of Ice Cube, 
Don brought up off air that a deal that IQ has been working on for years and because he doesn't have quote unquote certain certain powers or certain people behind him, it hasn't went through or they've been trying to block him. But a major move um that I'll let Dom explain happened, which I feel like is definitely gonna tip the scales in his favor. Yeah, so um if you guys haven't heard, um Ice Cube announced um that um him and Matt Johnson will be joining together, um trying to trying to, I guess, acquire 21 regional sports networks from Walt Disney Company. Now, if you guys aren't aware, Disney or the Disney Company owns, like, so many different sports networks or different sport networks under their umbrella. Disney owns a lot, by the way. Um, You'd be surprised what they own. So Ice Cube um, has announced that uh, him and Magic Johnson will be trying to, I guess, you know, join together and, you know, Try to own some sports, uh, own some sports, uh, own some sports networks um, from um, Walt Disney. And I think that is definitely uh, interesting. I'm excited. I'm excited. Any black man owning something or taking something from, like any black man taking something from Walt Disney, (laughs) I'm all for it. I am all for it. And if you don't understand why, then you should Google Walt Disney. And it's like because I am really right. I, I do enjoy it. I know, I know. It's, it's so bad. It's so bad. It is the bad. It's worse because I definitely. I know. I know we loud on the mic. We gotta. Uh, we too excited. But I was about to yeah, go in yeah. on y'all. Don't, don't go in on me because I know. I know my fault. Like I know. I know, you know, and I'm and God. I guess, I guess the same ain't true. No, uh, if I knew better, I'd do better. No, that's not. It's not it. Shut up! Don't even try to play. If I knew better, I'd do better. Except when it's <laughs> You're trying to play me right now, and I'm taking personal jabs, like because me. see, and that's one of the major things that I have an issue with, which is like I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to sound like. uh Floyd Mayweather, but we can't just be, you know, so pro-black that we're against the other people when it's like, oh, you know, and, and I'm I'm all for black. I'm the first one to talk about the man, and but only in the context of it being, you know, something racial at the end of the day. Now, even whatever Walt Disney, who was a great man, you know, no matter his faults and issues, he was a great man, a great innovator. His beliefs are not now the beliefs of the company. And so I'm not looking forward or looking towards um, a black man, you know, that's their taking stuff from Disney. I'm just looking towards a black man understanding business to the mm-hmm. point that, because why this is so big for Ice Cube, if anybody doesn't know, he runs his three-on-three program. He's running mm-hmm. three-on-three mm-hmm. basketball um, tournament. And with that, he can now program this three-on-three to be as big as, let's say, the NBA. And to do something like that, it takes a mind which only Ice Cube has. Because if people don't know while we're on the topic of, you know, how high and everything like that, um, Ice Cube's original, I want to say, first movie that he wrote, which was Friday, um, was amazing and it's timeless. And it, it's one of the few movies in the film industry, especially black movies, that had a three-peat. So for him to do the fourth one, it just shows his elevation. And to get 
Matty Johnson on the team, it just shows now that he understands every aspect and how to play the game. And he's very patient and he's very knowledgeable. And I think that's what might go through. Because think- Magic. Oh, yeah. And I was saying, Magic, like you were saying, is one of those people, uh, even though now he stepped down from the Lakers mm-hmm. um, for whatever reasons and everything like that, we're very heartbroken about that. But obviously, now with this type of announcement, it's to make room for his next move. Yeah, and understand people, um, when it comes down to Disney and like what the type of things that are, uh, the type of networks or companies that are under their umbrella, they own things like ABC Family, which I am, <laughs> which I watch all the time. But in regards, in regards to like sports, they, um, they own ESPN. ESPN also has ESPN.com, ESPN Radio, watch ESPN. You know, they have so many different umbrellas. Um, under that, uh, um, they have Canadian sports broadcasters. They have, uh, you know, just different things that can, um, like they just have so much. And um, now that Ice Cube and Magic Johnson have joined forces to acquire, um, you know, sports networks under Disney, um, that that is a big investment and uh, big up to them. And I want, you know, I want everything to work out well, you know, because it just, it just, it's refreshing. It's refreshing. And if you, and like, I guess for me, just being African-American, obviously, um, you know, when you hear about another African-American investing and taking ownership about um, taking ownership um, of certain things, it's just like, ah, well, if they can do it, look what I can do. You know, the sky's the limit to what I can do. All I have to do is, you know, make the right moves, make the right choices, and then boom, pow, I can probably own this, you know? So I'm always um, excited and elated when I hear about black men um, owning and uh, taking moves to ownership whether it's, uh, you know, owning different sports networks to owning a house, like any type of ownership and the black male or the black female or the black community, I'm always proud about that. So, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, black people didn't own... For men like like Magic and Ice Cube to join forces and promote something like ownership, just like, you know, what Nipsey Arnett was was doing, you know, like for his community, because they both have very large platforms in, like, different areas, you know. I see music, Magic Johnson Sports, and so it's like they capture, like, two, I mean, demographically maybe the same, but, like, culturally, I don't know, different or broad or whatever. And it's like they are promoted ownership, like you said, is black men who have large platforms. And so I think that that's especially important because of the influence. Mm-hmm. And that's something that a lot of these men um, don't realize that they have one or they don't realize, like, the importance of it. A lot of men are irresponsible with that. A lot of the men out there in the industry um, can be irresponsible with their influence. So it's very powerful that they're using it in a positive way um, to promote that because it's like even if people aren't um, directly, you know, pursuing ownership right now, it's giving them the idea, a lot of people, um, kind of like what you said, who didn't even have the idea before to own things, you know, like there are people who 
who, like, aspire to have apartments or condos, you know, be renters and it's like, because they never imagined or they never saw, they never, they never saw people that look like them own stuff or promote that among, you know, their community. So, like, Ice Cube has in his basketball tournament, he's dipping back into the community. Kind of goes back to the conversation we were having about, uh, about getting, getting on and getting on, you know, but then, how we brought up, like, even with not being in in your community, you can still drop gems. Yeah, and then think about it, not to, not to cut you off, but think about it, all the jobs that it will provide. And not saying that he's just going to provide jobs for, you know, those in the black community, but why wouldn't he? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like, why wouldn't he? So it's just, it's just a, this is, if, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what's to come. And I'm definitely excited about the uh, the movie. What is it? The last Friday of the month. Um. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say what's the, what's gonna be the name of the movie, uh, Kareem? Right, I believe that's the title. Last Friday of the month, uh, or last Friday, whichever one. I, I kind of just. Yeah, I, I think we're all excited. It's one of the movies that if you are just a fan of black movies, and you know, because I'm not gonna say just a fan of movies because. There's so many people that have not seen this movie because it's literally like a black movie. Uh, We actually have certain movies that are black movies. Uh, You know, nothing against them, but the white people got Brokeback Mountain. And, you know, we got... Oh, my God. I don't want to compare anything to that, but... No, it's funny. We actually... There's actually actually a movie in comparison. Like, they always have... You know, uh, a different uh, black movie or a different culture movie, mostly black versus white um, type movies. They they always do it. And so I don't know if anybody saw uh, the uh, Green Book, but one of my favorite actors from the show Luke Cage, uh, he was the villain in the first season, and I can't necessarily get his name off the top of my head, but he was the main character in this movie, Green Book, and he was gay. Mm. So, but but that was just a part of the movie. That was just one aspect of the character. And so that's what I meant when I, I went back to, or said, Brokeback Mountain, because we as a people kind of threw the movie to the wayside because of the homosexual aspect of it, when other people have told me, I've never watched a movie, I had to make that known, but have told me that that wasn't the basis behind it. Like, the guy, was, I don't want to say both of them was, but one of the guys was married. Like, there was a whole, you know, storyline besides the homosexual I saw aspect. the movie, and it was not that beautiful to me. Like, People were trying to make it seem like it was this amazing love story. Brokeback Mountain? Yeah. I actually saw a clip of that movie. uh, I saw the clip of the love scene. Not the love scene, but I guess the breakup or whatever, when they were on the mountain and they were arguing and the guy was crying and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I was just like, oh, this is intense. But that's the only scene that I saw. Um, So I don't have the full movie to reference. Um, But I was just looking up... Green Book. And so you, the main character, I think his name is, and my apologies if I say this wrong, um, 
Mahershala Ali. Yeah, Mahershala Ali, and I believe he played Dr. Donald Shirley. Is that the um, character you're talking about, Kareem? That is the exact character. And like I said, I'm, you already know, I'm one of those people that watch movies and go to the movies a lot, but I don't want, I don't like giving the movie to the people because I like for mm-hmm. people to go for you to understand the movie. But watching this movie will definitely change just the way you look at certain things. It, it was amazing to see in that time that a black man was so cultured. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Like, so a lot of the feedback that uh, a lot of the reviews from my pro-black followers was that Green Book, they didn't like Green Book because it painted the white man as the savior. I, I heard that too. I didn't see it, but what it but with, with okay. hearing that, what do you think about that? So it, it, with hearing that, as, as always, when people are so black that they're blind, it irks me. It just really, because it's not about being a savior. Him and this white man created a bond, a real friendship at the end of the day. And the white man was honestly a pig-headed, white, regular white guy in that time. And when he met this black man that was different, it created a bond that broke the color barrier. Like when I say that, I say it because the white man was eating chicken. The Dr. Shirley guy had never eaten chicken. It was too greasy. He was real uppity. But the white man was his driver. So when people look at it or quote unquote, take the savior from that, Think of it as having a best friend and that best friend being a a, a bigger person, you being a timid person, everything like that. And you being cultured. So people pick on you and that best friend being the bigger person that now saved you and said, nobody picked on him anymore to pick on him. You got to go through me. So you could look at it like that. But if you look at it as the white man being a savior, you missed the whole premise of the movie. So he worked for him. The white man worked for him. That's the reason everybody liked him? So, okay. So I'm going to just try as best as I can to outline it without giving it to you. No, I don't care if you Do- give it to me. I don't know if I'm a white person. I want to read Not even just you. Just anyway, Dr. Shirley. I, I, just want, I just want to say, you can, you can go ahead and get, get it. Get it. Because no, Dr. Shirley was, and I was, was a, a pianist. He was a award-renowned pianist who now wanted to cross over or not even cross over, who was now taking a tour down south playing for white people. And while playing for these white people and everything like that, even though they loved his music, he was so amazing. He was still treated like a Negro. And when I say that, it's one part in the movie where the guy tells him that the bathroom's outside for you. And, and, and to the point, and, and that's what I'm saying, the, the premise, even the title and everything like that, which is what I love, when something like the title can give you so many details. So the Green Book was the acceptable hotels for black people to, to stay in in the South. That's what the Green Book was. And so 
his managers apparently got in touch with the white guy's uh, boss or friend and told him, hey, you know, we need somebody to take this guy around down south, somebody that's a little rough that's going to stick up for him. And so that's what it became. The guy ended up hiring him. Uh, Dr. Shirley ended up hiring this man to take him around down south and be his chauffeur. Uh, make sure that everything was in line, pretty much his road manager. Make sure everything was in line. And as he, the white guy, began to understand him and relate with him because the white man was kind of not too smart, as, you know, a lot of the white people are and everything like that, or was. So he, Dr. Shirley being very cultured, he began to teach him. They began to teach each other in a way that, like I said, that created a bond. And I think that's what a lot of people miss in movies like this. While you're so much trying to look at the race behind it, take the color out of it and just look at the people. Look at the bond. Look at the, the, the acting to get into these parts. And so, like I said, it was just a movie about a bond, creating a bond to the point that at the end of the movie, the Dr. Shirley, he didn't have any family. And the white guy invited him over to the house, and that's kind of how the movie ended. He invited him over to the house, and he came over and was welcomed by his very white family just to show that we can um, co-mingle and we can come together. That's, that's yeah, really like what that. I got from it. I don't so you don't like it? So, so this is what I'm reading. So this man yeah. was a world-renowned pianist, and his biggest accomplishment was being accepted by this white man's family. Fuck out of here. Okay. I see you one of those people. You, yeah. You, so, I'm look reading, at it. so I'm reading a quote. So I'm reading a quote. I'm actually reading like a review from Business Insider and it's talking about um white savior and I I'm um it talks about how most films it names a number of films where they cast like the white savior image and they there are several films that cast the white savior image. Uh, this one in particular, they say uh this is how we get movies like the 2019 Best Picture winner Greenfoot. The film is about Doc, the film is about Don Shirley, a black queer musical genius with multiple doctorates told through the lens of his driver. Question mark. The film quickly became controversial because Shirley Shirley's living relative, so his living relative, said that it's incredible, it's incredibly misleading. They told USA Today. The thing that bothers our family is that the focus of the film is all about the white man who was an extreme racist and who was still a racist at the end. Indeed, Tony Lip, played by Viggo Mortensen, is the main character. At one point in the film, he tells Don Shirley that he needs to connect with his black culture more and go on and and going and go. Connect with his black culture more, going so far to say that he's blacker than him. So that was a uh, that was a uh, blurb from an article from the Business Insider. Yeah, like so I his had, own that family. So thing that I heard was that it was his like own, really Yeah, it just seems like his own family 
that like Don Shirley's own living family had issues with this movie about how it portrayed him. So, but when you look at certain stuff and don't get it twisted, people, when they say, Oh, they have an issue with, you know, his living relatives had an issue with it for me personally. And even, even this is a little far off sometimes. Unless it comes from the person, the actual person, and they have an issue with how they were necessarily portrayed, their living relatives are going to have an issue with certain things or, or, or quote-unquote, how you guys kind of felt about it. Because, you know, not even to compare it or go back and forth, um, a movie like Notorious, for instance, Several people in the movie had issues with how they were portrayed. Yeah. But at the same time, while I'm telling this story, if three people are saying this is how it happened, and you are feeling like, no, that's not how it happened, this is how it happened in my mind at the end of the day, who are we supposed to believe? Well, I think uh, the, issue in, the issue in the story is that you have multiple people who are being portrayed. So you have multiple sides of the story and plus all of their friends and family. There's only two two people to focus in this movie. So you don't have that many different perspectives. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. say take color out of it. Okay, take color out of it. Like, imagine, yo, best, let's say W. Yo, like, you know, his, you know, Liz got a DFS, bro, all of that, bro. Amen. Imagine you die... That nigga make a movie about you and be like, yeah, dream, you know, he was the two of his biggest accomplishments that, you know, he used to kick it with me. Like, nigga, what? And people who actually know you know that that's not accurate. Right. But at the same time, when telling his story, because that's the thing about it, though, unless you can tell your story, you are left for your story to be told by others. So when others tell this story, to include themselves or to make their part, you know, how they want to at the end of the day, they choose how they want the story told. Now, I don't think, I don't think uh, for this, for for example, with this, this movie Green Book, and I have not seen it, but from reading this article, the family is not trying to include themselves. They are just saying a lot of the stuff is misleading and incorrect. Um, they even went on to say that his younger brother, um, told uh his his younger brother says Shirley's younger brother um told told one A that Don was not estranged from the black community whatsoever and that he had a hundred percent eaten fried chicken before. So so like it's it's not that they're trying to they're not trying to include themselves in the film at all. They're just trying to make sure that the film was told correctly. And not even to jump uh jump ship but even with Hidden Figures, because uh, that was another movie that was mentioned, how they have a white savior or whatever the case may be. Um, in Hidden Figures, uh, there was a person, the person that Taraji P. Hinton um, played. Her name was Katherine Johnson. Now, she, I believe she's still alive or still living for the most part. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll double check. But um, it says it says that in Hidden, um, in that movie, um, Hidden Figures, that there was a guy... Um, that helped Taraji, I guess, you know, the the white man that helped Taraji out um, when she was, you know, trying to do her thing. His name was Al Harrison. Um, her Catherine Johnson, the living Catherine Johnson, 
she was like, there was never a Al Harrison to begin with. This person never existed. And, you know, no one actually helped her. She had to watch everything. She had to take notes and watch everything, um, watch the launch from her desk. So she wasn't even there physically in in the midst of all these white men to watch the launch. She had to watch from her desk and take a notes from there. You know, so it's like, okay, okay. You know, and so it's just like, you have people telling your stories, you have people rewriting your story, but they're not writing it accurately. And again, you know, writers can make changes and things of that nature, but when it's insensitive or when the family is saying, hey, this is misleading, you should definitely, you know, lean on the side of the family. That's like, that's like, and I don't know, I don't know if this is too, uh, too close to home or too soon, but that's like somebody, uh, making a film about Nipsey Hussle and saying so many different misleading things. Now, obviously he's not here to defend himself, but there are so many people here that can say, uh-uh, that's not true. Uh-uh, that's actually not accurate. He actually did this. He actually did own that block. You know what I'm saying? You know, so it's just, you know, hmm. Okay. And so um, I get that. But the problem with even when people tell their own story, and I don't know how much we all know about this movie or, like, really were into this movie, but Straight out of Compton, how much of Straight out of Compton do you feel like was exaggerated. But see, I feel like you straight out of Compton is it movies that have that are not yeah sides. yeah that are not what you said what heck, Abby? sides like that's so many so many you keep talking about groups of people they don't always have differing the so when you say groups of people accurate so when you say groups of people now. with the Don with the Don Shirley story his family knew him. And saw one side, but couldn't it also be true that the driver saw a different side of him, or he taught or told the driver a different side? On top of that, wait, because the Don Shirley, the the doctor, it was a trio. So then there was also two other people in the group, which they told their story, and then, like I said, they had the white guy, the driver, his wife, his family, and so. When you say, oh, we're talking about groups of people, there's always going to be groups of people. There's always going to be different aspects to every story that you look at, and everybody has their quote-unquote opinion on what they feel like is the quote-unquote truth. The difference between Straight Outta Compton, the difference between Straight Outta Compton, find, um, Hidden Figures, and The Green Book is Straight Outta, Straight Outta Compton doesn't have a white counterpart. Um, Hidden Figures does. Uh, the wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Before you go any further, because I don't like, want to. So, Straight Outta Compton does not have a white counterpart. So, like, who it's was not, it's the not like. But it's not like. Well, the manager. Well, the manager. But at the same time, it's not like. It's not taking place in that. It's not taking place in that time where. What time? Because I remember them getting put face down by black cops on the street in what Beverly Hills. Hidden figures, hidden figures, hidden figures is taking is taking place in a different time period than straight out of Compton. No, for sure. But I'm saying you're saying it so like that's that. What, that's what I'm saying. saying. But that's the time I'm frame, saying. I understand that. And but what I'm saying but is that's that what I'm saying it's this, two different time frames. Okay, I get you. Two different time frames. But even from then to now, when you say the time frames then today, there's still certain things that are happening that can be depicted 
from every different aspect is pretty much where I'm looking or pretty much where I'm trying to get at. And everybody has a, a right to tell their story the way, quote, unquote, they see it. No, not when you're trying to tell somebody's life story, though. Yeah. But whose life story? My life story the way you see it. Because even even without being related to uh, related to that man, we even without having seen the movie, just the way that you described it to me made me like, say, like, hell no, that's bullshit. Like, you mean to tell me this man, like you say, he was a famous canon. He was intelligent. He was well-rounded. All of that. Like, he was reserved. And then at the end of the movie, like, he ended up being accepted by the white guy's family. And so it was a happy ending. Like, that don't even sound right. It sounded like, like I said, it was way more than being accepted by that man's family. Like, if he was and that's understandable. That family, I feel and like and if we want his accomplishments place. and everything like that, I'm sure that the way that they wanted it, that we can go look his accomplishments up. For what they were trying to do, and that's what people don't understand, and that's why we continue to have this white and black battle. But it's like, for me personally, you know, even you know, people like um, Jada Kiss said it that uh, in his song, "Why, why did um, Holly have to let a white man pop it to get an Oscar? Why Denzel have to be crooked before he took it?" Certain awards and certain things that quote-unquote distinguish these people in a life to take them to the next level to now bring up the black community. These are um, hits that these people have taken. And so with that, honestly, me, I was not and probably would have never looked at or thought about the character or the person Don Shirley. But because this movie... Because a white man told the story... Not because a white man told the story, but because a white man had enough power and because both networks and both companies or studios are run by white people, but you have to pitch movies a certain way to get it greenlit. That's the way they chose to make the story. And now you can then now look it up or think about it or try to then figure out what's right and what's true and what's wrong. I mm. encourage that. I encourage doing your research. I encourage looking at that. But black men, black boys, black women, black girls do not take from the movie that no matter how accomplished and famous you get, you still don't need the white man. That's the message that is pushing but don't take that from it because that is not accurate. And definitely don't take the message to people that didn't see the movie. You, you were the one that gave me the synopsis. That definitely wasn't the synopsis I gave you. I said, take the color out of it and just look at the friendship. That's take all I'm talking about. That's what they were painting in the movie. My best friend, they better not ever tell a story talking about she did that this degree and this that and this this and blah, 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 blah. And like I said, but when you're dead and gone or whenever Shantae gets her deal, if that's what she chooses to say, if her biggest accomplishment was being your friend, so she paints the picture as your biggest accomplishment together was friendship, what could you possibly do? You, if you still alive, you better do exactly what the doctor I'm, 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 I'm going to be right there to the mirror. 
and I'm going I'm to I'm green light it just like, yep, that's exactly what it was. Because above everything that Gabby did, the friendship that her and Shantae had showed out above everything. That was magical. <laughs> you better not. To everybody, my wife said they like it, it, it's what they want to. Just like, and, and even referencing back, because you guys tried to shoot it down, but going back to uh, Straight Outta Compton, one of my biggest issues against Straight Outta Compton, how is it that this woman that is on record being beat was completely stripped from the movie? Same way this, uh, again, Green, but the family feels like the story was misleading. He's exactly. from the movie. From his whole history, the brother couldn't help that was the truth. He's trying to take in our whole life. He's going to try to play it like, not only did I get him accepted in my community, I got him accepted in his own community. <laughs> like, he was, he was saving them all around. Yes, of course. White man glory. All hell, white man. Thank you for making me, thank you for making me accepted in my community and your community. Now I should be a proud black man. I really hope that both of you guys work for black-owned companies because the, the way hey, that you guys think mm-hmm. sometimes is like, okay, yeah, you guys say all this, but at the end of the day, who's signing your paycheck? Like, not to say it that's like that, like that's better or this that's that's, 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 yeah. man. <laughs> no, <laughs> It's not, it doesn't run that deep for me. I just don't like the way that the story was told because I know that there was so much more to this man's life. Like, I understand that he was telling it from his perspective and from what he saw, like, maybe he felt like, you know, his biggest accomplishment was being this man's friend. You know, maybe that's fine. Tell the story that way. But, but at the end, I don't know, maybe the ending, maybe, maybe it is something that I have to see, but I just don't like the way it sounds. At the end, he got accepted by his family, and they lived happily ever after. Like, I mean, did he ever win any awards? Like, what what else did they show him accomplishing in the movie? Watching the movie. Like, the whole time, this guy was just making him a thug? Like, this whole time, this this white man was just making him, like, who he was, making him a better person? Like, you said they taught each other stuff, so, like, what kind of stuff did he teach the, the white guy? Um, He taught the white guy how to be intellectual, quote-unquote, as far as, like, writing. Um, the guy had a wife. The white man had a wife. And so he would try to write letters to his wife. And the letters were terrible. He, he would just talk like a, a barbarian. And so Don Shirley kind of gave him the structure and kind of opened up to him the love that he already had and how to... Um, interpret that or, or put that on paper to the point that the guy could do it himself and just understood that right from, right from my heart, right from stop thinking so much about it and just write what you feel. There, there, there's a, I'm telling you, and that's why I said, I'm probably doing the outline. There's so much to the movie besides what, you guys, quote-unquote, call the white savior. And even with, like you said, certain parts being untrue, that's the way that the stories are told at the end of the day. Because at the end of the day, to be honest with you, our our lives are boring. Day-to-day, our lives are boring. So just like loving hip-hop, how they're edited the way they want it to be, just like 
most movies, how they're edited and put together the way that people want them to be. That's kind of the, the way that the world works. And for me personally, if the family felt so harsh about this or felt so um, big on this, this man, you know, that, that there was their big person in their family, why not you do the movie then? That's what, and that's what I was pretty much getting at or where it really kind of goes with certain movies like Notorious because at the end of the day, Puffy shows that nobody else is going to tell the story but me. That way I can tell the story the way I want or the way I've seen it. Same thing with Dr. Dre. I'm going to tell the story. So I'm going to leave out what I want to and I'm going to put in what I want to. So, um... Not to keep bringing up white savior uh, movies, but now that I'm just on a roll, um, <laughs> Viola Davis actually was in. She actually had an interview, and she talked about um, in her interview. Let me see where the interview came from, so I can, so you guys can go and check it out if you want to. So Viola Davis, uh, if you don't know who Viola Davis, Viola Davis is. She is. Um, on how to get away with murder, and she is and she is known for well, she's she's also known for the help, and that's the movie that I was bringing up. So she sat down. Um, I'm looking at the New York Times. So I'm looking at a New York Times uh, interview, and um, this is by Makado Murphy. <laughs> and Makado, if I'm saying that name right, Makado Murphy sat down with Viola Davis and talked about um, just you know. Viola Davis's work experience, what does she regret, what does she, you know, what she pride herself off of, all that good stuff. So one of the things that she said, she asked her, um, have you ever passed on a role or regretted it? Um, and that was a question from someone from Chicago, Tony Polinsky, you know, I'm Tony, Tony from Chicago. So Viola Davis um, definitely said, yes, I've passed on several roles, um, um, and um, it's been one or two roles that I've maybe um, regret. And so um, the better question was, um, what like what role or what did you regret? And she says, um, I've done roles that I've regretted. Um, I have, and the help is one is is one on the list. And she goes, not because of her experience or the people that she worked with. Um, she great, she um, gained great relationships with those individuals, but she just felt that at the end of the day that it wasn't the voices of the maids that were heard. So if you seen the movie The Help, um, Viola Davis played um, a maid, and um, the each maid, they wrote a book where they helped uh, this writer or journalist at the time um, write a book about their little stories um, of working in um, the white man's house or working for the white families. Um, and so she just felt like she didn't really, she wasn't really telling the voices of the maids or the voices of the maids um, weren't really heard. And so, yeah, that's one of the movies that she regrets. And, if, and, and that was one of the movies that they also said that had the white savior aspect to it as well. And she basically said she wanted to hear and really feel um, how those maids felt. And in that movie, it didn't really showcase that. It showcased, oh, here's a white, 
Baker is a young white journalist or a young white writer, let me try to tell your story. Let me try to tell your story through my through my white privilege, basically. Let me save you because of my white privilege. So yeah. But um, we can talk about this so much. We can talk about uh, white privilege and white saviors and different movies so much. And I know you guys are probably like, y'all, uh, can we go to break? So I'm going to do y'all a favor, and I'm going to cut the break. So y'all go ahead, pour up your glasses, um, grab you some wine, grab you some cognac, uh, pop on a movie. Just, But don't watch the whole thing because you got to tune back into us. But when we get back, we'll talk about this and a little more. You guys stay tuned. And, and back, we are um, back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with Liz. You're supposed to come in with us. Yeah, man. Let's all talk about white saviors. And I, did he get mad? We'll watch the green. We'll read the book. We'll watch it. You know. You know what? I feel like I feel like because we know that most movies are misleading, especially when it tells the stories of a black person. And I know he goes, you know, don't look at the race, don't look at the color, but it's hard to not look at that. Like, it's hard to take race. Yeah. And yes, you can look at the bond of the friendship. He's like, oh, wow, that's really good. But when you think of um, the setting or the time era and you kind of connect the two and you're like, ah, how likely is that? Or how true is that? You know, it, um, it, should, yeah. it should motivate you to do research and actually go and find the book, the actual book itself, and read it from that perspective. Because a lot of books or a lot of remakes, um, remake of movies or remake of books, I mean, remake of movies from um, a book to a movie or um, vice versa, um, it's going to be different. And you are going to tell, like, you are going to tell it um, the way you're going to want to tell it. So, um, you know, to his point, I get it, but you know, this should always provoke us and to motivate us to actually go out there and actually read the, the book, which was actually right. published probably first, and see and see and see the difference and compare the two. But less about well, the less about saviors. Oh, <laughs> more about white people. God, Easter weekend. Oh, and Easter weekend. Well, my Jesus is black. I, I still don't know what you're talking about, white savior. <laughs> Well, Easter is white Jesus. <laughs> I don't know, but but yeah, Easter was cute. Easter was cute this year. Um, everybody just like pictures. It was just it was a nice day. It was well in California at least. Um, yeah, it was a really was nice day in California. Mhm. So in the weekend, I also wanted to say I said that Ti has released a bunch of convicts before 20 days. He actually did it for Easter. Bless his heart. I mean, they kind of like, you know, they go hand in hand. The funny thing is, I didn't even realize that 420 was the day after Easter. I was was like, or the day before, sorry, the day before Easter. I was like, oh, oh, it was was 420. Like, it it didn't even Mm -hmm. dawn on me. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it, I guess. (laughs) Yes, got <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> but yeah, but, really good weekend. Um, you know, it's funny though how we were talking about perspective the movies and how many different stories they have and stuff like that because if the same thing was happening, with, you know, like with every holiday that comes around, people mm-hmm. always have their opposing views, even when it's not like religious or spiritually 
related. Like Valentine's Day, you have so many people that have their opinions about Valentine's Day. But, mm-hmm. you know, like when, especially when these types of spiritual and religious holidays come around and you have all of these non-believers, ex, ex-believers, now non-believers, and atheists and whoever, who um, don't celebrate the holidays. It was, it was funny, one of my friends said something about, like, you guys get a hold of a little bit of research and, you know, all of a sudden you're a hold of everything. And I'm like, it's so, so true. Like, you read one little fun fact from a Princess Maple Cap and all of a sudden, like, you want to see why everybody's opposing something. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, <clears throat> it's just, you know, it bothers them. And I'm not even the most, like, you know, I'm not a homeless and now by any stretch of the imagination, but... I find it really unfortunate because a lot of times when you see things that people post, it's obvious that they had one bad encounter or maybe a few bad encounters or maybe their entire encounter with the church or Christianity in general was was bad. And that's mm-hmm. why they're now non-believers. And it's like so unfortunate because it's like Christianity and just being a believer of Christ and knowing who he is is so much more than just your experience with people. That means a lot. And that's why it's very important for Christians to understand that, especially people who hold like positions in the church and things like that. Um, but it's unfortunate that people are swayed by certain interactions that they have and they allow that to let them be opposed to spirituality in general forever. And then they just like go full force on social media, on in discussions and debates in their political views and, and everything like that over like one, one bad encounter. Oh, no. Give me an example. Like, give me an example um, that you saw. This one girl was like, um, yeah, I said, I was like, why, why do we go to Kanye? Why do we go to Kanye? But Kanye had his Sunday service for Easter. And um, this comedian, or this actress, I should say, um, he had posted basically saying how she would refuse to um, refused to support like uh, somebody who had so blatantly supported like Donald Trump, basically. Like she didn't want to say that, but she—that's pretty much what it was coming around to. Um, <clears throat> I'll read it. People went for her throat, so it was terrible. But um, I am gonna read exactly what she said. She was like. <laughs> Yeah, no. I refuse to support a man who probably supports a racist, homophobic, xenophobic, transphobic, Islamophobic, anti-Semitic president whose policies endanger the very people who subsidize his career just because he's selling redemption dressed up in church clothes. Get the fuck out of here. So, um, this uh, one chick, so basically she was talking about Kanye. And so... This one chick that I follow, she reposted and was like, yeah, um, and I'm speaking from a Christian perspective because I was raised in the church, but I saw some things that I would never be able to, um, that totally changed my views on being a Christian and I'll never be able to support um, because of things like these, like kind of 
kind of saying like people like Kanye, fake people like Kanye, or people, whoever she's related to Kanye, are the reason that she doesn't bang with the church and religion and spirituality. And I'm just like, it is so sad that you let. We've all, I feel like we've all had certain encounters in church, but just like we've all had certain encounters at work or at school, you know, but it'd be like, I'm never going to work again. Does that make sense? Like things like that. And so, and I have a lot of friends who, like a lot of my friends who are not believers, it's not mm-hmm. that they were raised atheists, it's that they went to a church or were raised in the church or it was something that an interaction that they have with somebody that likes to play them in this church forever. Hmm. Interesting. I get that, yeah. too. I've heard that, too. Like, not, um, it's because uh, of something that happened where they're like, uh-uh, I don't agree with that. Um, and they believe that all churches are like that, so they, like, they left the church or something like that. Like, if that makes sense. Like, one encounter has hurted their entire church experience, so they no longer want to associate with church. Is that is that what she's getting yeah. that way? Okay. Yeah. I guess, yeah. That's what she was getting at, and that's what I've heard before, like, on multiple occasions, and I'm just like, that is so, you know. So they're trying to associate, they're trying to associate, they're trying to associate Kanye with the black church, um, but yeah. he's a, but he's a Trump supporter, and he's, he's this and he's that and he's this and he's that and if he believes in Christianity and believes in the black church then oh this is not something then I can't do it okay 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 I see Um, one thing uh, religion and politics political views are different Um, I I, I get how they can be one and the same but um, someone's political someone's political viewpoint or something should not sway you from your belief in Christianity or your belief in God. Um, that's your relationship with God. Yeah. All together. That's your relationship with God, not your and his relationship with God. Um, if anything, if you disagree with his lifestyle and his viewpoints, um, or his political views, instead of, saying, oh, I'm done with God, I'm done with the Christianity, um, the godly thing to do is to pray for that individual and that, to not judge that individual based on his um, choices in life because no one's, no one's greater than God, you know what I mean? And everybody makes, you know, everybody goes through their trials and tribulations and goes through their own journey the way they want to. And that's not to say that you don't have a you don't have people that are Democrats that are, uh, you know, Christians and people that are Republicans that are Christians. I mean, you have a lot of people, actually a lot of people that are Republicans that are Christians. And um, a, a thing that me and one of my friends were talking about today, she's white, I'm black, obviously. We were talking about the difference between the white privilege and white Christianity um, against the black uh, traditional church. And it can go back into, like, you know, slave days where, you know, you're looking, like, where they're telling the black slaves certain parts of the Bible so that they can submit, but they're not telling them the full story of the Bible, if that makes sense. And how, um, and how like, in a quote-unquote white church, things are different from your quote-unquote black church. Absolutely. You know, so, uh, and so her, she being white, 
Um, she's she's white, but definitely understands the injustices um, in the black community. Her point is, or one of her one of her issues is how are like how can you hear about the injustices that other people go through, that other minorities go through, that black people go through. And you know that you benefit from those injustices, but you don't do anything about it, you know? And, and then we're talking, we're talking about the churches, right? Um, and I was basically telling her, I was like, because um, they don't, I was like, because most people don't think about the injustices that go on within a different minority group because they're focused on their problems, you know? <laughs> they, they're focused it's on... crazy because that was another one of the reasons that a lot of people were saying that they don't bang with Christianity anymore. They feel like it was just like a bunch of mumbo-jumbo filled to us by the white man and slavery to control us. It's inaccurate and stuff like that. So it's like they don't even believe. In mm-hmm. the and I'm like, so what do you, like, what do you believe in? Because I think it's important that you said that um, they told us bits and pieces of stories and to persuade or to, to manipulate us and to believing what they needed us to believe, but they didn't tell us the whole thing. So I think the smart thing to do would be to read the whole thing. If I mm-hmm. have to know, rather people are just throwing out the baby with the bathwater. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, like even taking it back to the Greens like talking about that. Like, I think it would be foolish for, for like, if I were to just be like, no, nope, I heard it was a lie, like, I'm not going to think but it. Like, no, I heard that there was a book, you know, that that came out first. And I heard that that is a more accurate depiction of what actually happened, the life and career um, of Dr. Shirley. So it's like it would be important to do your research just like with, the Bible, you know, like, don't, you can't base your relationship with Christ on the interactions that you have with people or, like, just certain experiences that you have with people. Like I said, it is important, and that's why we have to be careful how we carry ourselves and how we mm-hmm. present ourselves. Um, but by no means should you base the message on the messenger. You know, I always tell people, like, if you just ended up with $1,000 in your mailbox one day, you know, you don't know who it came from. You might, it might be empty. Well, a little bit, you might be like, all right, I ain't going to spend it. I don't know who it came from. But eventually, you're going to spend that $1,000 without even knowing who it came from. Because you don't care about who the messenger was. It's about what the message was. That's what's the most important. So it's just like, to see people, I feel like, I feel like it's a fad now, too. It's like everybody's just like, oh, believing in something greater and a higher power or African spirituality. Like, you know, because honestly, like, I know that you were talking about your white friend, but it, it, it goes beyond race for this particular topic for me because it's like now it, it, it is the black community. You know, we're all raised in the church. So now all of a sudden, you got like all these people talking about we need to get back to our African roots and to. Blase, blase, it's like, you know, I don't know how uh, spiritual it is, spiritually convenient it would be for me to have to cut off heads of chickens and sacrifice and stuff like that. Like, I just don't see, and maybe because of what I've been taught, but I just don't see how that's the way. Like, if we really get back to, like, 
you know, oh, African religion before slavery. Like, that was some crazy shit. Like, let's be real. The African Union, you know, ancestors, it's going to come for me. I'm sorry about, you know, but I'm just being, I'm just getting from the heart. Like, it was freaky. And so, I'm just like, people are so, I feel like you just can't not believe in them. You know, mm-hmm. like, you just can't not believe in them. You can't just be out here like this. This place is like, oh, I'm vegan now, and I believe in, you know, I am my own power, and that, that, and now, like, people are running with it, or because of things that they hear. Like, I said, social media is a very strong influence, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are seeing certain things on social media, and it's just, you know, like, like they pick it up, and it goes beyond race, because, because the reason why, well, maybe it doesn't go beyond race, because a lot of people are saying, like, you know, it's just crazy that you brought that up. Like, one of the number one reasons is the fact that people feel like Christianity was fed to us as a means of manipulation and control. Yeah. And so now you have black people who are just like, no, nope, I won't mess with Christianity. You know, all the Which, And you know what? And it, like, you have black, like, you have people that are trying to identify with something, especially the black community. Um, majority, like, I'm not, and I can't even say majority of the black community, but we've been disassociated from our heritage, you know, um, that we can't identify with any, like, we, we're, we're, it's hard for us to try to identify with something, you know, like, the black yeah. church is something that we identify with, but we know that it was taught to us. We know that Christianity was taught to us by white colonizers. You know what I mean? So it's just like, okay, so what was it before that? Like, what was it before that? And then you have, um, you have, uh, the black religion or the African religion, um, that a lot of people, that a lot of people are trying to get in touch with. And I think it's just a sense of trying to identify purpose and identify identity because that was stripped away from us. Um, you know what I mean? And, uh, and just trying to find some type of acceptance and validation. And it's, it's, uh, I feel like it's, it's, it's interesting. It can get very deep, but when we talk about like religion and spirituality, like, you know, Religion is religion, and spirituality is spirituality. There are mm-hmm. two different things. So you can definitely, I feel like you can definitely still be a Christian and then have a, and then also be spiritually fed, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You yeah. can, but you have to want to be. You have to yeah. be open to that. You have to believe, you know? But mm-hmm. for people who are just like, you know, I won't even believe, or I believe I am my own higher power. And it's just like, but where are you even pulling that from? Because that is it's not just like, it's just that what, what Africans believe prior to slavery. So it's just like, yeah, it's, but it's just like the, the reasoning behind it. So, but I understand that need to identify, like, that's one of the most hierarchy of needs, that needs for association. And I get that. And where you have, like, the Europeans who feel like they have that strongly and other cultural and ethnic groups who feel like they have that strongly. Africans, the African Greeks, like, we, we don't know. We really don't know. There are a lot of people out here. 
Ancestry test. Speaking of ancestry um, and ancestry test, I heard that they put out a controversial commercial. I haven't seen it, but um, I was listening to the radio station, KGLH. And Tammy Mack has said something about Ancestry.com, how they had a very insensitive uh, um, commercial. and They did, they, and they stripped it so fast. I don't know how long it even lasted on the air. I think the first hundred people must have seen it, and they stripped that thing so quick. You might be able to use it, though. I'm about to pull it up right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to pull, I just pulled up a picture of it behind these ads want to feel comfortable and find happy place. It's the green book of ads. <laughs> of commercials, okay. right? Hopefully we can find a sound bite of it. But let's try to find a sound bite of it and play it. Did you find it? Yeah. No, I'm, I was looking at, um, so I'm looking at, I'm looking at, what am I, NBC? Yeah, looking at something on NBC News. And so the article goes, um, Ancestry.com at or criticized for um, sugarcoating slavery. And then it's a quote, and I'm not, I haven't seen the commercial, but this is a quote, and I'm assuming they quote this from uh, the Ancestry um, ad. It says, the people behind these ads, oh, no, this is a quote from somebody else. So the, the people behind these ads want to feel comfortable and find a happy place. It's the, quote, green book, unquote, of ads. It really is. So. <laughs> I, I what? Yeah. I don't know why I was like, oh, it's that funny how, hilarious. how they made a connection. That is hilarious. So now I need to find this ad. If you guys yeah, out we there definitely got to play that. Yeah, if you guys out there are listening, go ahead and um, go to YouTube and try to figure out that ad or find that ad like myself. We're going to try to find the uh, the sound bite for it so we can, we can let you guys hear it. But, yeah, interesting. So, yeah, I heard about that this today as I was heading home. And I was like, what? And Tammy Mack was actually saying, like, if you do want to do a DNA test, um, there are black uh, DNA tests. Uh, yeah, you got to do the African one. Yeah, yeah and I, yeah. And just so, do the Ancestry.com. Do, like, African DNA Ancestry. Yeah. It's like, it's called it's African hot. something. I'm looking at it right now. and You can go to www.africanancestry.com, trace your mm-hmm. DNA, find your roots today. And it's a black, um, it's 100% black owned with black scientists. Um, and you can go on their website. And, um, uh, yeah, if you're interested in tracing back your roots, which I believe everybody should do at one point in their life if they have the opportunity, uh, definitely, you know, definitely, definitely figure it out or definitely um, check out AfricanAncestry.com. So, yeah. Sure, yeah. I definitely got to get up on that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But yeah, I think Wiz is pissed, bro. Wiz is pissed. I don't know. I don't know if he's pissed. He better not be. He better not be. Maybe he's, I don't know, maybe he's looking for the book. Maybe he's going to read the book and then do a comparison. I don't think he's mad. I'm trying to figure out if he related to Dr. Shirley. Shut up. So he can put his two cents in the sequel. That is so rude. <laughs> but yeah, with that being said, I know it is getting late and um I'm getting tired, so <laughs> Yeah. 
Well, happy Earth Week, Easter Week, happy spring, you know, it's a lovely time, kind of. It's a lovely time. It's a lovely time. It's a blooming time. It's a blooming time. It's a time of growth. Yeah. With that, everybody, go and go. Be blessed. It's your girl, Gabby. A.K.A. the gift of gas, signing off. And it's your girl, Dominique McCoy, A.K.A. Dom McCoy. I was and, just giving uh, y'all y'all a little time to uh, go ahead and what y'all are talking about. And, you know, because now y'all are talking about the African religion. And I was giving y'all y'all moment. But we will <laughs> end on that. You know what? No, that's, that. that's your choice. See, that's your choice. I don't, I don't think that... The, the conversation or the the show is here to necessarily argue is here to to give our opinions on it and i feel like we did that very well we both had we all had very different opinions and you guys did bring it back around and tie it in so i was just giving you guys that i definitely wasn't looking towards the book because <laughs> uh, for the most part I, Gabby, you would have to tell me if you ever decide or choose to read the book, um, if it does give a different side to the story. Um, but for me, the, the story that I got was good enough for me to tell Dr. Shirley's story and I'm going to stick with it. And if that's what quote unquote, the, the topic or how people want to perceive it as, um, the white savior, I feel like Viola Davis could have chosen not to do the movie when she read the script. It's so many ways that people look at stuff, but that is people's opinions. That's the way that people look at stuff. I am young Wiz, that woke nigga. And this has been another amazing episode of Cognac and Communion. We out. Bye.